Well, good morning. God bless you today. You made it. You made it. Good for you. Hey, Susan, you made it. Good for you. There we go. Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning and give God the glory, the praise. Come on. All my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul, mountain high, valley low. I'm gonna sing wherever I go, sing all my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul, the mountain high, valley low. I'm gonna sing wherever I go, and God is. Good job. 
Go ahead and have a seat. Got, oh, got the echo going. Hi, Pastor Anna. There you go. Hey, let's remind her what a great job she did last Friday at the Pioneer Elementary School. Great job. Great job. Thank you. That was your event, huh? Oh, yeah, and then she had an event last night, too? Yes, I oh, did. Oh, my gosh. She's uh, just running the town. It was a very good turnout. We had probably like 70 to 80 people there, and it was a really good event. We brought in a lot of money for Pioneer Elementary School to fix up their bathrooms and some other things that they need done. So it was a very successful event. Great. It, I mean, I didn't get home till almost midnight, but... That's okay. It was worth it. <laughs> um, so good morning, everyone. Uh, do not forget, we have Sandwich Sunday downstairs after we're all done here. So come join us if you didn't bring food. That's okay. Join us anyways. And then we also still have our Sunday morning Bible study downstairs with Miss Jerry at 9 a.m. So if you have any questions on the class, you can always go see her. We also have the Refresh... Uh, at Las Minas on November 12th, you need to get a hold of Brenda and Lionel so they know how many want to join in on the event. And then they also have a Christmas party that they will be doing on Friday, December 8th. And it's, Jerry, where is it again? Yes, at the, on Irish Town Road. Um, so if you want to join in on that, also see Brenda and Lionel, and there is a gift exchange that you guys will be doing as well, so make sure you get your gifts for that event. And then we also have a new adult Bible study on Wednesdays that started up here in the, fellow, in the sanctuary. Um, it begins at 6 and goes till 7.30, so come join us on Wednesday nights to be a part of that. And then I believe that is, oh, nope, we have an anniversary today. No, Lonnie and Coulter's wedding anniversary is today. Congratulations, guys. Um, now at this time, we can stand up and meet and greet one another. Thank you. 
I'm sorry? Coffee. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I like that. All right. Thank you. What was that? Oh, that was <laughs> it was finishing up. God bless you guys. I'm going to ask uh, Virgil, could you, Virgie, could you come pray for the offering this morning? Can you pray for the offering this morning? Virgie's feeling better, praise God. Look at her chugging along. She's chugging. Oh, you got Yeah, uh, thank you prepared. so much for your prose. And I missed you, I've missed you, I've missed you. And my healing is, is an ongoing process. And um, it takes, for me, in my life, it takes three things. It, it takes fasting, prayer, it takes obedience. And without obedience, it's not going to happen. And I made up a bunch of new cards on the back table. And um, I wrote this article, Peace Versus Worry. And then I wrote the um, Streets of the Flesh and Streets of the, of the Spirit. And so I made copies of just the, the Streets of the Flesh and Streets of the Spirit. So pick one up when you go out. And um, I've been so grateful, grateful, grateful for God's love and mercy and grace. And I pray, Father, the love that you have for your people is so, so, so awesome and so great. And you know, Father God, how much I love to give. And I pray, Father, you just put that love to give, that spirit of love to give on everybody in this whole wide world, especially here at Mount Zion. You've got things you want us to do, and we know that you're going to help us get it all done. We want to give you the thanks and give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Virgie. Sometimes I just like the song. Come on, let's all stand to our feet this morning as we worship the Lord. Give Him our best. We give you our best, God.
We're looking to you, God, to overflow us with your peace. Father, we know there's people this morning that are out sick, out in the hospital, out in rehab. They're out, and God, they need a touch from you this morning. Please heal those that need a touch. Bless those that need peace. Father, we pray for peace in Israel and protection over your people. We pray for wisdom for the leaders of the world right now between China, Ukraine, Russia, Iran, Israel, Palestine. God, all these things that are going on out there, God, we know you are still on the throne and still in charge. We ask you, God, to do a miracle and protect those innocent people. Bring the hostages home safely. And help us as a country to come together to pray and believe that Israel people and they have a right to defend themselves and God we just pray a blessing upon them we pray for our own country and the divisions there God that you would begin to heal us heal our land bring salvation to your people God use us as a salt and the light of the world Father we just thank you that we can come together this morning love you, worship you, and hear from you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat this morning. Do keep Israel in prayer. Um, lots going on, it seems like, every single day. Lots of craziness in our country, and, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't under, I don't pretend to understand it all, but I do know that God is still on the throne. God is still in charge, and those are his people. As the ushers, oh, I have a song I was going to sing. Um, as the ushers go ahead and distribute the materials, let me go ahead and do that. I didn't mean to take off my guitar. I'll catch up. I'll catch up. I like this one. Eat this bread. And drink this wine And do this In remembrance of me For it is my flesh And it is my blood Become part of me. Sing, eat this bread and drink this wine and do this in remembrance of. Amen. 
with us revealed in us revealed in us what an awesome responsibility God has given us to be revealed in us and somebody asked me this past week they just said what do you think about communion and I said you know I'm torn because I would love to do it every single week but then on the flip side of that I thought well Will it lose its specialness if we do that? Oh, it's just communion. Oh, it's just communion. I think it's more important than that. And that's why I think we do it once a month. I, I, I love doing communion downstairs when we all gather for food. But to me, this is all one big service from the moment you walked in the door to the moment you leave today, whether it's after Sandwich Sunday or after service, it's all one big service because fellowship is worship. And that's why Jesus was saying on the night before, on the night he was betrayed, on the night he was taken away, he took the elements on the table, turned to his friends and said, look, see this bread? And they would break it and they would pass it around. And he said, this is like my body. It's going to be broken for you. But how is that? I always wondered about that because his body wasn't broken. His, there was not a bone broken in his body. But I think what he's talking about, this is my body that was broken for you, meaning he went to the cross and he was broken. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? He was broken. And he did it for us, and he broke the bread and passed it around. And I thought, you know what? That's so like Jesus to go, he died on a cross, and yet he wants us to share in this by passing it around, by participating together. It would be one loaf of bread that they would pass around. You know, we don't do that anymore. They would have one cup, one piece of bread, and they would just pass it around. And I always thought about that when it comes to sharing the gospel, that his body was broken so we could pass it around too to everyone and let them know Jesus died for us. Father, thank you for your son's body that was broken to be shared amongst all of us that we are crucified with Christ and now it is Christ that lives within us 
but he took the punishment. He was broken for our transgressions. We thank you, Father, that Jesus was so obedient to the cross. We thank you, Father, that we can partake together as a church family to remember his body broken. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and take up the bread. And then he grabbed the cup. The cup, which blood is representative of life, and even that he's passing around. I just think that's amazing to me. I don't know about you, but if I knew what was going to be happening to me the next day or two, I don't know if I'd be like thinking of others. You know, I don't know if I'd be thinking, gosh, how can I make sure they remember this? I mean, it was pretty memorable what he did. But yet he wanted to make sure that when we gathered together, it was a celebration. When we remember Jesus shed his blood for the regression, for the salvation of our sins, for taking away our sins. Pretty amazing. I don't know how it all works. I don't know how God does it. I just know it's a gift. And he sat with his friends and he passed a cup and he said, it's like my blood that was shed for you. Take it, drink of it. Drink of it. It's amazing to me. I think we take it for granted so many times. But this morning, let us remember, thank you, Jesus, for your blood that was shed for us in our place. When we deserve death, you conquered death. When we deserve the punishment, you took the punishment. And it's the gift of eternal life that we are given because we believe. Thank you, Father. We could never do it on our own. So we thank you, Jesus, for what you did for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and take the cup. As we go into our message, it's perfect. I, did, I, I remembered communion after I did my message. But it is perfect in the sense of how God aligns things. One of the things I want to accomplish in the next three weeks as we go through this series called Thanks Living, I want us to live a life of thanks. Live a life that doesn't miss out on things like communion and what it represents. Fellowship, being together, what that represents. Family, being together, and what that represents. We're going to talk about being grateful. And be honest with you, I had to cut so many pages from my notes because there are so many verses about being thankful and grateful in the Bible. If you can remember a moment of ingratitude, maybe that's easier to remember. Someone, you gave a gift, and they were totally ungrateful. Perhaps a story of maybe one of your children. You tried to give them something, and they were just like, yeah, yeah. Or have you ever witnessed an act of ingratitude? And it was just wrong, and it started to bug you. You might see some kids with parents, and you're like, that little kid needs to be grateful for what he has. Someone gave you a gift, and their attitude seemed like a spoiled brat. You ever seen that? So never, you've never seen that ever? I know I have. Very first movie I ever saw in my life, I was at the Ream Theater. 
I pop my own popcorn, put a ton of butter on it, put it in a paper bag. Uh, during the movie, the oil seeped through the bag straight under my pants. And when I left the movie, I looked like I wet my pants. Oil doesn't dry. And it was Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. And I think we can all remember, if you've seen the movie, one person that seemed a little ungrateful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. The only problem with that clip is it edited out the very end of it. The mom turns to the husband and goes, happiness and harmony, that's what counts with children. <laughs> She's notorious that I want it now. Her whole life, that actress has probably had to live with that because it is the quintessential ingratitude, isn't it? The spoiled brat. So what's... What's the opposite of gratitude? It's what we saw there, entitlement. Give me what I deserve, what I earn. Don't ever pray like that, by the way. Entitlement is the belief that you should be able to get whatever you want, that it's owed to you for some reason. People who feel entitled, like Veronica Veruca, or Veruca, never had the opportunity to feel grateful, probably. Gratitude is the right response when we are recipients of someone's favor. In Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it's a story of a very poor boy finding one of the five golden tickets. And his family responded very differently than what we saw with Veruca. In Charlie's family, Grandpa gets up out of bed for the first time in 10 years. And he starts doing a little dance. Gratitude is also a universal virtue. 
And ingratitude is a universal vice. It's also of spiritual significance. Speaking of gratitude as a universal virtue, there was this guy named Matt. I love finding these little YouTube videos. And Matt created this video for the web for YouTube called The Gratitude Dance. And he traveled to all different countries and around the world, and he does his little dance of gratitude. It's the opposite of what we saw. Let's see a little bit of it. All right, we can pop. Okay, come on, everybody, get up on your feet. You're just staring at it. Come on, come on, everybody. Yeah, Nalani, I don't, you're like, I knew it. Come on, everybody up on your feet. Go ahead, keep on playing a little bit of it. You don't have to do quite what he's doing, but come on, you got to give some kind of gratitude dance. Come on, you can turn it up a little bit, maybe get him going. I like what he's doing, though, that little... <laughs> He's just grateful. This is my gratitude dance right here. You know what's a bummer? I'm the only one online. <laughs> okay, you can put it. Okay, we can do it. We can cut it. You can sit down. But you got your juices going a little bit. It feels better to be have gratitude, doesn't it, than to be selfish and spoiled? It just feels better. It's amazing. That little video has been seen over 40 million times around the world. Gratitude pays off. Gratitude is contagious. On the opposite side, think of the company that ingratitude keeps. The people that are, that are like that Veruca character. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 speaks of it. For since creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, the unbelievers. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened, professing to be wise, but became fools. It has been around since the beginning of time. People can just look out the window. Man, I can't wait to get the projectors on the side. You could just see the beauty of God and his amazing creation. And what he says is they've seen it. They know it. But they've poo-pooed it and said, nah, I don't want to think about being God. Then I'd have to be grateful to him. There was like a baby step that they might have taken to believe, but they wouldn't worship him as God. 
Many Christians today are in that point, I believe. They take a baby step. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of the way I was living, and I now face you and want to do things your way. They take the baby step. But they refuse to make God number one in everything in their lives. They refuse to acknowledge the, the, the amazing thing that he has done as we just celebrated in communion. And it says they were professing to be wise, but they become fools. 2 Timothy chapter 3 puts it this way, but know this, that in the last days, and if you don't think we're in the last days, you just go turn on the news. In the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having form a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. It's one of the first steps down the slippery slopes of sin. It's being ungrateful. Think about a time when you felt grateful. I mean, just think of something you felt grateful for recently. What other feelings do you associate with feeling grateful? If you're like others, you probably are thinking words like, well, I, I had a peace about it. I had joy. I was content. It felt giving. It felt friendly. I liked it. Now, having gratitude, you'd unlikely to say that gratitude made you feel burdened, stressed, resentful. I had a lot of gratitude and it stressed me out. People don't necessarily say that. Gratitude has always been a virtue that the church has always talked about. Why? Because the Bible talks so much about gratitude. I'm going to give you just a few. Believe me, I cut a ton of these. There were so many. 1 Chronicles 16.34, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Psalm 92, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night, on the instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp with harmonious sound. For you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the works of your hands. O Lord, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. Psalm 100, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures for all generations. I think I have one. No, I have two more. <laughs> one of Psalm 105. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known the deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him and talk of all of his wonderful works. And last one, Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. 
His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Do you remember that song? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. No. You ever heard it? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. I almost got it. Okay. It's an old song. So much more than a virtue is gratitude. So much more than a command. Gratitude, in fact, even has research to back up the fact that it makes a better way of life to have gratitude. There's this book called Thanks, How the New Science of Gratitude Can Make You Happier. Yeah, you can open up the Bible and see that, but listen to this by Robert Emmons. So gratitude is a key to happiness, as I will argue from a scientific angle. And happiness itself is a good thing. An implicit assumption that many of us hold is that happiness depends on happenings. But what happens by what happens in our lives. We believe that success in life makes people happier. Yet a recent review of scientific literature on happiness reveals that happiness yields numerous rewards for the individual and precedes these outcomes. This means that happiness makes good things happen. It actually promotes positive outcomes. In several studies, check this out, depression has been shown to be strongly inversely related to gratitude. The more grateful a person was, the less depressed the person was. The more depressed a person was, the less likely they felt thankful in life. Listen to this laundry list of a study's, this study's conclusion of the test subjects who were consciously grateful. When you are consciously grateful, they felt better about their lives as a whole. They were more optimistic. They were more energetic. They were more enthusiastic. They were more determined. They were more interested. They were more joyful. They felt stronger about the challenges they were facing. They exercised more, nearly an hour and a half more per week, being thankful. They got more sleep. They made progress towards important personal goals. They were more likely to have helped someone else. They were perceived by others as more generous and more helpful. They were less envious of those with more possessions, and their lives were less cluttered. Related studies have found an additional benefits to which they could arguably be linked to just a grateful mindset, clearer thinking, more creative and openness to ideas, better resilience during tough times, higher immune response, less likely to be plagued by stress, longer lives, closer family ties, and greater religiousness. It's like some have said about gratitude. William Faulkner said, gratitude is equally similar to electricity. It must be produced and discharged and used up in order to exist at all. I like what Eric Hoffer said, the hardest arithmetic to master is that which enables us to count our blessings. Like you, I'm sure, you would include things to be thankful for your life, like salvation, life, health, family, friends, the nation we live in despite all of its flaws. 
However, we need to get a better we need to get better at spotting those little things I was talking about. Everyday things to be grateful for. Just grateful for life. The Bible even makes it clear that we have a reason to be grateful for even the less enjoyable parts of life. Not long ago, years ago, but not that long ago, I asked a group of people, what are some of the th- things that give you pure joy? What gives you pure joy in your life? Some responses included just getting out in the woods and camping, going for hikes. Some of the responses were getting a trophy buck when they went hunting. Or how about this? In Dublin, I remember someone said, getting a hole in one when people see it. But the amazing thing is that no one mentioned going through lots of difficult trials to bring them joy. But listen to James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Exactly the opposite of what us would, we would think. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let the patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. Romans 8, 28, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various times. Uh, that's the same verse. Uh, remember that he can't, oh, Romans 8, 28. Um, uh, help me out, John. Thanks. Perfect. I had the wrong verse in here. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's the tricky part on that verse. He will work all things together for our good, for those who love him. You got to love him, draw near to him. Both of those passages say basically we need to be grateful, even in the valleys of our lives, because we know he will not waste a pain. He will bring us through whatever trial we endure, but we have to be patient. Job gives us a great example through his life. Everything taken away, everything destroyed, and yet he could say, though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. When we are going through difficult times, it may be more challenging to remember that we have so much to be grateful for. It is really hard to be grateful when you go into difficult times. But your circumstances are not likely to be as hard as Job's. The question is, what attitude are you going to choose? Because remember, your attitude determines your altitude. I love this word that I found called grading. Will you choose to have a grading attitude? Grading, it's, it, the dictionary says that grading is a sound, sounding harsh or being unpleasant or being abrasive? Will you have this grating attitude that says the world is to blame, my spouse is to blame, my ex-spouse is to blame, God is to blame, my first grade teacher is to blame, Pastor Eric's to blame? I'm reminded of what John Maxwell calls the Bob principle. You'll like this, Bob. When Bob has a problem with everyone, Bob is usually the problem. (laughs) (laughs) will you be grating or will you choose to be grateful to list the names to list 
to name things in your life to be grateful for. You have to choose gratefulness. You have to think consciously about being grateful. Psalms 106 says, Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can declare his praise? That's us, those that are grateful. We can utter the mighty acts of the Lord. We can declare his praise when we are thankful. So we have to ask ourselves, what do we need to change in our lives to be more thankful? Is it one more sale? Will you be more thankful if your children are behaving the way you want them to? Good luck. Will you be grateful if you get a new house or a car or a boat? Well, if I get a new job, I'll be thankful. Or how about this one? I just need a new spouse. Then I'll be grateful. Isn't it time that we live a life of thanks living? For those of us who believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead and we have trusted him as our Savior, his resurrection is not only true, but it's relevant every single day, personal every single day, and it's a source of gratitude in our lives. My goodness, we have Jesus. There are people out there that do not have Jesus, and they are going to hell. When it's all said and done... The only thing we have is Jesus. And here are just a few things about Christ's victory over death that we can be thankful for. First of all, because of Christ's victory, we don't have to live with a loneliness of heart. We have absolute assurance that Christ is living within us, just as he promised. He did not leave us as orphans. Instead, he sent his Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, to indwell within our hearts. Jesus now lives inside believers through his Spirit, and we are truly never alone. Another thing to be grateful because of Jesus, we don't have to worry about whether God will provide for us or not. Early in his ministry, Jesus told his followers that his Father would take care of the birds, the grass, He told them he'd take care of the flowers. He would provide for, of course, all of their needs. This promise would have meant nothing had Jesus been just a man. But because he was the Son of God who overcame death, we can know we can trust his word. God will take care of his people. No situation or need is too large for the almighty sovereign hand of God. In this perfect time and way, he will provide whatever we need. A spirit of thanksgiving is a result of remembering all that God has done for us. When I look back on my life, it's just so simple. It's so simple. You know, I've only had, this is my, what is this, uh, Denalev, two churches, here, four jobs since I was 17 years old. And during all those years, I never made a lot of money. But for some reason, I can look back, and I have two daughters that both graduated not only private elementary, private high school, Christian schools, Christian colleges. They both have degrees. My wife has a degree. We never went without. When the kids were little, we got to go to Disneyland every other year. If I could tell you how I was able to do that, I would. I have no idea to this day, except that God provided And sometimes we have to look back 
God has brought us safe thus far. Why would he give up on you now? Why would he abandon you now? Why would he leave you now? He's taken you here. And his promise is that he will perfect the work that he's begun. So he's not going to leave. No situation is too large for him. And we can pray with confidence. After his resurrection, Jesus ascended to the Father's right hand, and he intercedes with us, for us. Knowing this, he will answer all requests. Unfortunately, we just don't always get the answer we want. You know, you've heard that old line, he always answers prayer. Yes, no, and wait. We just don't like those sometimes. John, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, If we ask anything according to will, his will, he hears us. So we just got to get in his will. How do you do that? You get to know him. You build that relationship with him. Another thing to be thankful for is, you know, we can have a godly, powerful influence in others' lives. Is that amazing? I mean, I know me, and yet look what God has done. We are the salt and the light. You are the only Bible some people read. You're the only Jesus some people know. God has given us that privilege of being his witnesses and to reach the lost. On his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus told us that we are the salt of the earth, light of the world, and through his power of his indwelling spirit, we can be the influential light in the dark world and preserving the flavor in our society of Jesus Christ. It's amazing to me. Another thing just to be thankful for, we experience the Holy Spirit within us. Hokey smokes. That's a big deal. We've talked about it in our last series, a couple series, whatever we talked about a couple series ago, about our senses, the smell and taste and hearing and sight. God has made his spirit available to us to imagine the creator of the universe has said, I want to make sure you know I'm in you. I want to make sure you know I've empowered you. I want to make sure you know you can evangelize the world. I want you to know with that assurance. And he gives us a Holy Spirit within us. And check this out. Even though the disciples were with Jesus for three years, they were not as equipped as we are. They could not complete the work he had given them until the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Imagine that. I can't. I don't know what that looks like because we've always said, minute I asked Jesus in my heart and surrendered to him and repented, I received the Holy Spirit. But I can't imagine trying to do this without the Holy Spirit in me. But the disciples, they had to trust Jesus without, even though they were in his presence. That's why Christ told them, stay in Jerusalem until you receive this Spirit. It's that important. And the same Spirit who came to them lives within every person who has trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. He's the one who opens our eyes. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us understand that Jesus died in our place so our sins could be forgiven, so we could be saved. When we repent, we believe in Christ. His Holy Spirit then seals us. We are now the children of God. 
and no one can ever break that seal. Hallelujah. We can have peace even in the midst of the most difficult times. Before his crucifixion, Jesus told his disciples, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world does. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Christ's peace is like an anchor that sustains us in life's storms. And although we might cry out to him confusion, he will never forsake us. He sits at the Father's right hand on our behalf. Jesus understands our weaknesses and he's always willing to take us through the difficulties. We can face death courageously, boldly, confidently. Jesus is alive and is the source of eternal life. And if he is our savior, we will enter immediately into his holy presence when we die. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. There is no hope without Jesus and all hope for eternity is with him. When we trust Christ as our Savior, the gift of eternal life becomes ours. Everything in God's kingdom is grounds for giving him thanks. Everything. And the Lord notices our thanksgiving spirit. Isn't that amazing? He notices. This series in the next couple of weeks, I want to just let, I just want us to give us some a way to live our lives day to day in that kind of mode that goes, wow, I am so grateful. I am so grateful. It changes your perspective. It changes who you are. It's healthier. It's better for you. But more important, Jesus notices. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We got Sandwich Sunday to get down to, to be grateful for. Be grateful to be amongst each other to love one another. I hope, I know it was more of a list than a sermon. I get it. But I hope it's giving us a perspective that says we need to be a grateful people. Amen. So Father, thank you. Help us be that kind of grateful people you want us to be. Let us throughout our day and the rest of this week, be sensitive that all that you have done for us, all that you've given us, all that we have to be grateful for. Help us to have that attitude of gratitude. Father, help us to even in the toughest times to recognize that we can even have joy, that we can even be thankful for the trials that we're going through because we know that you are perfecting us. We are not perfect, but you're still perfecting us. Lord, help those of us that are going through a difficult time right now. Let it draw us nearer to you, God. Let us run to you and let it never be wasted. That, Father, a tough trial can increase our faith, our patience, our love, and our gratitude. Let us walk out of here today with that attitude of gratitude. We thank you in the mighty name of Jesus and the church said, Amen. God bless you guys. Hallelujah. Come on downstairs. Grab some food. I'm starving. We're having brunch down there. God bless you.